Welcome to Back from the Brink. This is Todd Brinker, and it is Friday, the 29th of January. Wow, two days left, and we're already, and then we're into February. February. Yes, it's almost the end of the month. Um, and uh, time is ticking away. Here we are, you know, I guess the end of February, right? Mid March. We're, we're, we're about six weeks out from one year of COVID. Yeah. You know, it's funny you hear people's COVID stories and and about like, you know, what what were you doing like right before everything started like locking down and shutting down and you know, I for me the thing that sticks in my mind was I was coaching on a pool deck on a Wednesday and I told everybody it's like, well, I don't know what we'll do next week, but I'll see everybody tomorrow and literally the shutdown happened that that you know, like the next day. I mean, it was like we went from Wednesday where it was like, well, things are getting weird, people are talking about maybe doing things to everything shuts down, nobody leave, you know, don't do anything, everybody be careful. And of course, this is before we were even freaking out about masks and everything and it was like it was just we nobody knew what was going on. And I thought, okay, shoot, it's going to be uh, you know, a couple weeks that we're going to be shut down. So I sent an email out to all the members of my team and said, "Hey, you know, uh, we've got to shut down. They won't let us use the facilities. Um, and then I remember I went down to practice the next day and I actually stood by the gate and, and let everybody know. It's like, hey, guys, uh, no practice tonight. Uh, the, you know, the, the school district has shut down the facilities and uh, hopefully we'll be back in a couple weeks and I'll, I'll see you then. And uh, ha! surprise. Yeah, that didn't happen. So, uh Hey, so Aaron's going to be joining me here in a little bit, but I do want to say thank you very much to Jensen again for filling in yesterday. We had a nice show. Actually, went really long yesterday, so those of you listening to the podcast are used to about a 45-minute show. I think we doubled that. We went almost to an hour and a half yesterday. So uh, I apologize if the show went a little bit long, but we just had a lot to talk about. So, um, And she didn't have a hard out like uh, Aaron does. You know, Aaron's got to be out at about a quarter till. She's got to get on with her day. She's got to... Uh, uh, you know, nine to five job. And while Jensen is luckily still able to work, um, she's got a little bit more flexibility in her schedule and tends to work later into the day. So, um, so we just kind of kept on going. So um, as we left the radio show today, we were talking about the uh, sensory heritage law passed in France. And it's, I just, I I love it. It's really funny. What they did basically was that uh, people who are um, visiting from, um, uh, you know, outside the the countryside, people coming from the city, where, you know, most of them are probably French people coming from the city, just, you know, getting out to the countryside and Airbnbs and stuff. And so they go out and they stay for a couple weeks. Uh, Quite a few of them and some of the owners of the places that are being rented out have been uh, taking the their neighbors to court, saying that your farm animals are making too much noise in the morning and waking people up early, and there's the smell of farm animals, and uh, you know it's it's distracting from our ability to rent this space, and people are not enjoying being out in the country. And finally, the uh, French government has passed the French uh, the the French sensory heritage law, which I think is great. It basically just said. Shut up. <laughs> it says that each area has rural heritage, including its sensory identity, and that includes the uh, 
the sounds and smells of living out in the countryside. And so, uh, you know, uh, if you're, uh, let's see, here's, it's like the country dwellers, uh, let's see, perhaps the most famous representation of the tiff between France's city folks and their country dwellers was Corinne Fessou's rooster, Maurice, whose crowing irritated a retired couple living behind Fessou on the island of Oleron. And they came to stay at their second home for a couple weeks each year. The couple put in a noise complaint, but in 2019, the judge decided that Maurice could crow all he wanted um, and uh, and said that the the uh, the new law says that uh, that other protected sounds under the new law include that of cicadas, frogs, church bells and tractors. <laughs> uh and the judge then gave a shout-out to the now-deceased Maurice in his announcement of the legislation, a posthumous victory for Maurice the Rooster, a symbol of rural rurality. <laughs> I love it. It's like, you know what? You're going to go out and stay in the countryside amongst the farms. There's sounds and smells of being next to farms. And uh, you can't, you know, go buy the space and then start complaining about it. It's the thing. It's like the people that, that irritate me. You know, they buy a house underneath the flight uh, uh line of an airport and then start complaining to the city council about airplane noise it's like you know the airport was there before you were the airport was there before your house was there you bought the house knowing that it was adjacent to an airport don't complain about the sounds of an airport if you don't like it buy a house somewhere else if you don't like the sounds of roosters and cows and tractors and the smells of roosters and cows and tractors then don't buy anything that's out in a farmland you know it just it's people drive me crazy when they do that it's just it's such a you know dumb move to buy a property and then try to change everybody here's Erin hello hi Woo! temperature's uh chilly and it is raining yeah yeah it's raining pretty good here too in fact uh uh my shack is pretty well soundproofed but just a minute ago I heard a really good chunk of downpour coming down so we must have just gotten a a cloud burst or something um i was just talking about maurice the rooster he has since passed away but that that french law was basically uh um uh prompted by a fairly well-known lawsuit in france by a retired couple who had a vacation home in the countryside on on an island off the coast of france on oleron and uh and the couple were complaining that that Maurice was waking them up in the mornings, and uh, and the French law now includes protected sounds that of cicadas, frogs, church bells, and tractors. So Good. It re- it reminds me of those people who buy a house in the in the flight line at near an airport and then co- incessantly complain to the, you know, to their uh, their city council about the noise of airplanes, and it's like. The airport was there before you bought the house. The airport was there before the house was built. You bought the house knowing full well that you were next to an airport. Stop complaining about the sounds. If you don't like airport sounds, then buy a house somewhere else. Exactly. (laughs) It it, it drives me crazy that people move into an area and then want to make it the way they want it. It's like this place didn't start existing when you moved in here. Right. You know, it, it just... It so drives me crazy. Who the hell buys it? It's like buying a house, you know, near a farm or a dairy, and and being upset that uh, that there's a smell of manure. Well, yeah, yeah, 
yeah, yeah. You're you're right next to a bunch of cows. That's going to happen. Um, you know, and it's one thing if it's 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 one thing if you know if you have been you know a long-standing resident of the house, and then somebody gets you know the the property next door rezoned and opens up a you know a, a chicken farm or a, or a you know a dairy and has a bunch of cows or after you've been living there for years they decide to to build an airport or or add on to the airport and it changes the flight the flight lines and stuff you know i mean then i think you've got a reason to do some complaining because they changed it after you were already there but in yeah. a lot of these cases, you know, airports are put out in the edges of towns and stuff so that they're not going to affect people. But then that, the town grows and sprawls out around the airport. The airport was already there. You didn't have to buy that space. Right. You didn't have to rent right. that space. You know, and there's always these people time compl- for public comment before right. something major is built. Yeah, and that may or so, may not do any good, but then, you know, I mean, it's it's, you know, the idea of that is that the public comment is you try to do the – what's best for the most amount of people, right? And so, you know, win or lose, at least you you get to be heard. But to buy a place, you know, when there's pre-existing farms and complaining about the farms or pre-existing airports and complaining about the airports, that's just stupid. (laughs) You know, it's like, how dumb do you have to be, you know? Um, If you really thought that you would magically have enough power to shut down an airport for an entire city because you happened to buy a house next to it and didn't realize it would be noisy... I mean, come yeah. on, come on, come on, you know, it's like buying it next to the train tracks and going, you know, they run trains on those. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine uh, that. Like, uh, well, you're stupid trains. then. <laughs> yeah. Nobody told me. Like, um, didn't think we had to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> woo woo. Chugga, 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 chugga. So, um. Let's see what's going on in the world besides the uh, the fine uh, chicken problems in in France and, and politics and COVID. If we cut out politics and COVID, we basically have nothing to talk about. <laughs> you know, and the newspaper, the articles are all still orange man bad. Have yeah. you noticed that they're still Trump, 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 Trump? Okay, well we have yeah. a new president now. His name is Biden. He's doing things. Why don't you talk about that? Yeah. I, I've I've seen a fair amount of Biden things too, and they keep showing pictures of him, you know, in his mask. Have you noticed that they're very, very um, uh, careful to make sure that like all the pictures of Biden are him in his mask because Trump famously didn't wear a mask most of the time, and so yeah. Biden wears a mask. I think Biden wears a mask when he goes to the bathroom, just so that you know that yeah you know, he he always wears his mask. He never takes his mask off. They had it surgically affixed to his ears, um, but. Uh, yeah, he's always got his mask on. So, except of course when he uh, right after he signed the law saying that you have to wear a mask on federal property, and then he went and visited the Washington or the the um, the Lincoln Memorial and didn't have his mask on. Yes. <laughs> there, he famously didn't have his mask. Well, and, you know? and his press press secretary dodged those questions, and the media went, "All right." Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was pretty. Uh, that was pretty funny. Uh, yeah, because there's like. Really? Buy as much? <laughs> right? You know, technically, he lives on federal property, so he should have to wear his mask all the time. You know, when he's sleeping, when he goes to the bathroom, he should have that mask on because he, <laughs> he's on federal property. So, uh, you know, it's well, it's I mean, against the executive order, and he could be, you know, he could be arrested or, you know, I guess you can't arrest a sitting president, but you can, uh, they can censure him or they could, um, uh, 
you know, for not wearing a they mask. could impeach him for breaking federal rules. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. It's a high crime, man. That's a misdemeanor. So, and, and theoretically, I mean, there's lots of people who work in the where in the White House who have to go home to their families every night. So it's not like they're all living in the same house. You know what I mean? So right. You know, he's ex- he's being exposed and exposing others. Yeah. He's evil. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Biden man bad. <laughs> Actually, I guess we could just say old man bad now. He's not orange man, old man bad. Old man bad. Yes. <laughs> Except I don't want to be an ageist. There's some good old men out there. There are. There's some good old men. I hope to be one of them someday. Because <laughs> otherwise, you, if you're not an old man, you're a dead man. Exactly. <laughs> I hope to be a, a happy, healthy old guy at some point in my life. So, of course, there's some people who would say you're a happy, well, you're a grumpy, healthy old guy now. <laughs> that was me yesterday, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not curmudgeon I just play one on the radio. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Says somebody who knows me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know, I forgot to mention it on the radio again. I was going to remind people, so I'll do it here. Remind people that if you have not upgraded to the latest iOS, iPad OS, iWatch OS, or TV OS, um, that you should. That Apple um, took the unusual step when they released this update to tell people that this fixes three different security flaws that they believe are being exploited in the wild. So that there are people who are actively trying to use them to get into phones or to access or damage phones and so if you haven't upgraded to uh ios 14.4 ipad os 14.4 tv os 14.4 and watch os 7 point whatever it is something blah, blah, blah the latest of each uh you should do that and in each case you can usually go to settings and then general and then update and you may found may have found that it automatically updated overnight but it will take a few days to spill out to everybody because they don't want to overwhelm their um, their servers. And so it's not everybody doesn't do it all at once. But you can force it to happen if you want to get it done. And uh, they're recommending that everybody do that as quickly as possible just to make sure that you've protected your device. So. Yep, important thing. So I did mine while we were on the air earlier this week. Yeah. Yeah, Jensen did hers yesterday while we were doing the podcast. She filled in for you yesterday on the podcast. Thank you, Jensen. Oh, that was fun. And, uh, yeah, it was. We had a nice time. We actually ran way long because she doesn't have as hard an out as you does. She, you do. She works, but her time is scheduled more in the afternoons, and so she's got mornings more or less free. Uh, well, not free. She's got other things she's got to do, and she's got to do prep work and desk work and things like that. But she, she cut out some time for us, and we went for almost 90 minutes yesterday. So we had a very long episode. You know, I looked up and went, oh, we got to go. <laughs> now, we did start later <laughs> than usual, too, though. We had this weird conversation like, you know, I said, OK, let me know when you're ready to go. And she gave me a thumbs up. So I said, OK, I'll sit and wait for her to tell me she's ready. So I sat here waiting, waiting, waiting. Time went by and never heard back from her. So I finally said, are you ready? And she goes, yeah, I was ready when I gave you the thumbs up. <laughs> oh, 
I thought that meant you got my text saying you'd let me know when you were ready. <laughs> so I was what we waiting have for you. To communicate. Yeah, yeah. So we're both sitting there, you know, drumming our fingers and doing busy work, waiting for the other one to to say, "Okay, let's do this." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Welcome to uh, the world of like, uh, you know, FaceTiming and Skyping and COVID and sort of semi communicating with each other, as if we really did any better when we were face to face with everybody. You know, um, it it's amazing how much when you know. I speaking think that the person listening understands what I'm saying and the person listening understands something different than what I had intended. And, and, and we all go on our merry way thinking that we had good communication and we really didn't. We didn't, you know, it was like the clarification over what you were saying on the radio show about the um, uh, issues with the um, uh, verbiage that was used about what violence was being used as a precedent for the violence, you know, yeah towards the end of, or in January. And, uh, you know, and it's like, well, okay, we got to be specific. And it took a little while for me to understand exactly what it was you were saying. Cause I'm like, hey, I don't understand. Of course I wasn't reading the article either. And so sometimes if, you know, if, if I had the article in front of me, I would see the words and, and maybe would have gotten to where you were quicker. <laughs> it just took me a while. <laughs> so, yes. Yes. That's so you have to I, listen and I have to speak clearly. Yeah, it's it's a two way road. It it requires two people to communicate and, and effort on both parties' part. <laughs> so, um, have you heard or followed or been aware of? You know, Ellen Page has said that she is a transsexual, and her name is now Elliot. Yes, and it's not transsexual; it's transgender. Transgender. Thank you. I'm sorry, I misspoke. Uh, and so, Elliot Page has now filed from for for, uh, for divorce. From his wife, uh, he was uh, she when prior to coming out as transgender, uh, she was married to another woman. Um, they are now divorcing each other. Although his wife said that he support she supported his transition, uh, and I think Elliot is going by he, not they. So it's that's it's so confusing to understand how to refer to people now. <laughs> in it this really area. is. Yeah, the point I was trying to make with all of this is I'm a huge fan of the Umbrella Academy, and prior to coming out and transitioning, he played a female character. So the question is, as an actor, is he going to say, I will continue to play that character, or are they going to now have to write the character into into a male and have the character transition, or are they going to recast the role? Because there's supposed to be a season three. Oh, wow. I have no idea. And that's what, you know, it's like, I don't care whether he, she transitions or not. That's their business or his business. Or, you know, it's, I, I, fine. What are you going to do with my show? <laughs> that's, that's what I care about. You know, the very first world problem, right? What are you going to do with my show, man? I like the show. So, yeah, we'll see what happens there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I haven't I heard honestly... anything. I actually, go ahead. Oh, no, I just I, I have no idea. I mean, I imagine that the creators will want to be want to signal their wokeness and they'll they'll write the transition into the show. Let's see. Oh, I found an article. It says Elliot Page will still play Vanya when the Umbrella Academy returns for season three. The superhero series has been a hit for Netflix with many coming to enjoy the dysfunctional Hargreaves family. Season one, blah, blah. Season two, blah, blah. Season ended with a cliffhanger. Yeah. Making uh, reviewers relieved when Netflix renewed for season three. The new season doesn't have a release date yet, but 
but filming will begin in early 21. Uh, additionally, the season three premiere is entitled Meet the Family, likely reference to Sparrow Academy and its members. Um, but the title at the top of this thing is Umbrella Academy Season 3. Elliot Page will still play Vanya. So apparently he will play Vanya as Vanya. Which, you know, honestly, I've always felt that way. It's like, you know, you as an actor, you don't necessarily have to be an exact clone of the person you're portraying. You are acting. Exactly. And you know, if you, if the character you are acting or pretending to be for the purpose of a show happens to be blonde and you bleach your hair, then you're okay doing that. You know, if if that character happens to be female and you're a male, fine. If if that pl- character you're playing is you know is is gay and you're not gay, fine. You know, it's like you're an it's actor. Acting. Act. Sam Jackson played Peter Pan on Broadway. Yeah, it just it it, it I, I really it, I get irritated when they say, well, you have to have this person play that role because that, you know, they they happen to be of the right gender or the right, um, uh, you know, ethnic race or the right what it's like, fine. Uh, but, you know, an actor can act, an actor can act. And that doesn't mean that that's an excuse for, you know, white guys have to play all the roles either, because there are some phenomenal actors who are Asian, who have played roles that were not originally written for Asians that are great, or or African Americans that are great, you know, and and so I'm just saying, you don't have to exactly clone. You know, you don't have to be the person that you're playing. You're acting. Right. You know, it's like, I wish that um, that uh, you know the the virtue signaling people out there would just get over themselves. I agree. Uh oh! I walked into my house and my kitty cats are all out of food and they're gonna die right. Oh no! Of me. And I'm sure they're telling you this loudly and angrily. They are actually. <laughs> I don't know if you could hear him, but he was uh, one, my my more vocal kitty cat is uh, he meowed loudly at me. Yes, it's like mom. Exactly. Get with the program. We're hungry. Yeah, I'm I can relate. Water. I can relate. I need food. I need drink. And that's your job. <laughs> I tried that on my wife once. Once. <laughs> and you lived to t- talk about it? Yeah, well, I, I limped for a while. As a <laughs> I had a bad experience. <laughs> Oh, I love that. There's a line in, um, gosh, what was it? It was when they did the remake of, um, oh, shoot, what was the movie with the little um, uh, Morris mini cars? And they, they, was a steel, uh, they, were steel, they were thieves or something. And uh, one of the characters goes, I don't do dogs. I had a bad experience once. And he goes, what, what happened with the dogs? And the guy looks at the other guy and goes, I had a bad experience. <laughs> you know, that's enough. You don't need to know anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I've told you everything I'm going to tell you. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, oh, right. okay. Price so many started. expected Paige to continue to play Vanya in the Academy, uh, Umbrella Academy Season 3. It's wonderful. No, for sure. The character is a huge part of the show, and it's impossible to imagine anybody else than Paige in the job. Uh, he did an excellent job in the first two seasons and will can continue to do so when Abrella Academy season three begins filming next year. Um, so good. That's good to hear. 
because um, I agree, he did a great job there, and that character is kind of a very interesting and unique character, and it would be hard to, and also very core to the story, so it would be hard to uh, recast that or to write that character out. So um, yay for uh, Elliot Page saying, yeah, I'm an actor. I, I can continue to act. It's like, it's like you know, my gender transition doesn't affect my ability to act at all. Thank you for the job. Yes, I will stay here. <laughs> yes, I'm still the same person. Still the same person. Yeah. Still the same. Yeah. I uh, have still still the same stuff in my head. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, cool. Keel. So, um, yeah, that's that's honestly that, that's a relief because, like I said, that's the first thing that popped in my head when I saw the stories about uh, Ellen Page transitioning was, oh no, what's going to happen to my show? It's such a self-centered reaction, but that's exactly where I went. So, um, yay. Yay. All right. All right. I'm a... Yes. Christ, I have averted the crisis. My cats yeah, I heard, have food and water. I, Nobody's going to die. I heard beeping. Are you heating up the food for the cats? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. That's me defrosting something for breakfast. Oh, that's always am, a good thing, I too. I back to back with meetings today, so I have to yeah. do it now. You know, so my. For people um, who listen to the podcast who don't know, um, uh, you know, in addition to the the radio show and the podcast, I I am a director at a nonprofit. And so um, uh, that's. Yeah, she spends her life trying to coordinate work of volunteers and, and get money to do some amazingly good work for. Uh, for lots of um, families with young children, and in the in the in the San Bernardino area, yes. So, yes. So it it's, keeps it's me very busy. Good work for people who 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 really really rely on your services, and uh, and um, we appreciate that you're out there doing that. It's uh, well, it's thank a you. Thank great you. Great endeavor. I, I I love it. It is a, a truly mm-hmm. a labor of love, but it does keep me very busy. Yeah. I always say better busy than bored, though, you know? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, can't, I don't do boredom. Idle minds do is not a good thing. <gasps> Lego has just come out with a new package, a new kit. It's the Porsche 911 Turbo. Or Target. You can also make the convertible in Legos. Unfortunately, a lot of those Lego kits cost like $100, $200. It's nutso, depending yeah, on how they big are. they are and how many pieces they're. Yeah, it's like just beyond like affordable for children yep okay here it is scroll all the way to the bottom and sure enough 150 dollars for this kit ouch well that's because yeah. it's branded I, I i imagine they have to pay porsche a pretty penny to be able Probably. to uh, to use their name yeah <laughs> it's got the porsche logo on the hood so yeah you, you know that little sticker probably cost 50 of that 150 bucks so lego vip members can pick it up starting February 16th while others have to wait till the 1st of March. Wow, you can be a VIP a, a, a Lego a VIP, VIP member. Yeah, so I can pay money in order to be first in line to pay money. I'm sure there's <laughs> other benefits too which involve paying money. Um yeah, hmm. I'm a Porsche fan. For those who didn't know, I, I've always liked the Mark and and enjoy uh, the vehicles. I'm looking at this and up close, it's kind of Lego-y. 
<laughs> I'm like, eh, it doesn't look that great. I mean, but um, a lot of these really expensive kits, though, like you can get the uh, the Millennium Falcon and stuff. They're they're you know two foot across. They're quite large when you put them together. So so it's not like you know there's twelve pieces and they're charging you 150 bucks because it's got the Porsche logo on it or the Star Wars logo on it. Some of these kits are really big, and so there's lots and lots of pieces in them. Um, so, um, this is like, you know, when, when we were kids, people, Legos were launched, uh, when I, you know, when I was, uh, late in elementary school, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but we, every, all the, all the boys seemed to play with, or seemed to build models. And so mm-hmm. they would have metal models or, um, like, um, balsa wood models or, mm-hmm. you know, plastic um, that really plastic really model plastic. kits yeah but there there weren't as many plastic if i remember correctly and i could be remembering wrong because i didn't yeah. build them my brother did um yeah and, i did plastic model kits i bought like kits of airplanes mostly airplanes and, and and like tanks and stuff but i lived on an air force base growing up too so uh, when i was in my like tweens and teens and so i was into airplanes and things like that just because you know so I'm flying. That makes sense. Yeah. But uh, uh, I think probably there was more airplane kits and stuff at the, the base toy shop as well, just because they, it was, you know, there were adults probably building those models because they wanted to have a model of the plane that they flew or they wanted to fly or whatever. But, um, yeah, you know, I didn't, I never had Legos until, dun, 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 this past Christmas, I got my very first Lego kit. My family gave me a Lego kit to play with for Christmas and I have each of them separated and I have all the parts separated into colors and I've got them in Ziploc and then I bought a big bag and they all sit in there and I have played with them a couple times got them out and and built something with my Legos now and uh, uh, it was like apparently <laughs> apparently Legos have been around since 1949 I had no oh, idea so they've been around a little before your your t- little, <laughs> oops right? So obviously that's when you became aware of Legos. <laughs> Evidently. Yeah. Wow, 1949. So they're yeah. right after the war, huh? Well, they so when somebody so, said So uh, uh the history of Lego actually began in 1932 in a Danish carpentry workshop. Um and the company was called Duplo apparently. Oh, cuz they still make Duplos, but those are the they bigger do. Legos. But they were wooden blocks. Right. Like Lincoln so, Logs. Oh, I love Lincoln Logs. And Tinker Toys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I was a kid, Lincoln Logs were all wooden. And then they transitioned to making them out of plastic, and there was mu- mucho complaints, and so they went oh, back yeah. to making them out of wood. <laughs> it was like a log cabin out of plastic? Come on. Yeah, and that was sort of what they were trying to do for a while, and you're like, nope, nope, not buying that. And so they they did an about face pretty quickly. Although I think Tinker Toys are still they they switched those to plastic, and I think those are still plastic. I don't know. There might be some throwback sets. I haven't. I you know it's, I'm so far removed from that stuff that I couldn't speak with any real authority there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't. It's been a long time since we had little kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, not that it takes little kids to play with these things, because like I said, I have some Legos. <laughs> now my parents didn't want little pieces underfoot and they didn't want to step on them so i never got legos or an erector set or 
we uh, we didn't even have Tinker Toys in our house. We had we had some uh, we had one can of Lincoln Logs. So you could build a cabin. Ah, that's right. They came in those cylinders. Yeah, yeah. It looked like an oatmeal thing with a metal lid on top of it that screwed yes. down. So uh, let's see. It looks like the Tinker Toys are all plastic now. I'm looking at oh, makes Tinker me sad. Toys, and they are all plastic. And they they still have a lot of the same parts. They're just plastic versions of them instead of the wooden versions of them. It's too bad. Apparently, they're owned by Connects now. So the people who make the little Connects toys, which are like they pop together with magnets instead of you know sticking a tube in a hole. Like Tinker Toys. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, uh, I like Connects. You know, those yeah. came out so later. Here, yeah, here's a knockoff of Tinker Toys called Make It Toys, and they're still wooden. Oh. Yeah. Oh, Lincoln Logs are owned by Connects too, but they are now they're they're back to wood. And they're sticking with it. Oh, yeah, well, at least the hundredth anniversary it. tin is made out of wood. I don't know. All these kinds of things. It, buy your kids toys where they have to make up the story. That that you're not giving them a story. You know? Mm -hmm. That they have to make up the story. Especially when they're really little. Um, yeah. You know, when I say really little, I mean, you know, uh, primary grades in elementary school on down. Right. Yeah, that's why it's like, you know, I know that there's a lot of kids, and this has been going on for years, that want the toy that is like the thing they see on Saturday mornings or on the, um, 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 you know, at the movies. They want the Star Wars toy or the whatever. And they can make up things to go with that, too. They can go on their own adventures with, you know, with uh, Luke and Princess Leia and all of that. But uh, but sometimes it's nice to just have one of these like building type of kits, and there's lots of them out there. I mean, I'm looking at there this thing called Brain Flakes, and it's these little they look like little um, uh, uh, you know stars that they play with in in karate, except they're plastic and they all stick together, and so they can make trees and stuff. And here's a magnet toy, magnetic tiles, and they're building castles with them, and and so there's oh, lots fun. and lots of different kinds of ways to to create things like that. Um, and I think those are, are super, super cool. But things like Lincoln Logs and, and, and Tinker Toys and Legos allow kids to just make what they want. Now, I know right. Legos sells a lot of those kits where you can build that Millennium Falcon or that Porsche. But it's also just a big box of, of toys. I mean, they can build whatever they want out of that. You know, some kids may want to build that model, but others may build that model and then tear it apart and make whatever they want with it. Uh, the kit I got for Christmas was just like 1,500 random pieces. You can, and there was like a, a little flyer inside showing a whole bunch of different things you could make with these if you wanted to. Or you could just throw that away and grab the pieces and start sticking stuff together and make something. It's fun. So, which is fun. I used to like the yeah. the, the rug kits. Like you, you'd, uh, you know, uh, you kind of make your own carpet or rug or hanging thing. You know, like mm -hmm. a tapestry and, and had some sort of design flowers or a character or whatever. Do you know what I'm talking about? Those latch hook rugs? Yeah, I've seen them. This It's almost like a paint by numbers, but you're doing it with, with uh, like a yarn instead of yes. paint, right? And so Exactly. Um, and, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I actually yeah. love those. And, and you certainly have the option, like you said, when you're doing it, to to follow the pattern or to make up your own pattern. It does, you know, that's the thing about it is, you know, that you have the joy of, of doing it however you want to um, when you're doing it. I think some of those things. The other thing that is nice about all of these kind of toys is they're, they fall into a category of something called manipulatives, where it's kids use their dexterity to put things together. And that's, um, you know, a physical part of learning that kids need as well. Right, they need to pick up pieces and put them together and see how they fit and and use their fingers to make things go together, which is, excuse me, also very cool and helps them hone their fine motor skills. So yes, lots exactly. of benefits to play. All good lots stuff. of benefits to play. So did you I ever play cranium get... with your kids? Um, it sounds vaguely familiar. We were not a huge like board game family. Which was much to the chagrin of my youngest daughter. Katie loves board games. Um, in fact, so, now as a twenty mid twenty something, she she gets together with friends and plays board games. So Cranium was it had clay and you could draw and I think there was one more kind of manipulative creative mm-hmm. thing that you had to do to tell the story that you were supposed to be or do the thing uh, that they were telling you to do and and it's uh, a lot of fun. Okay, no, I've never played that then. As you described it, it's like, nope, that's not something we did. I don't think we had a cranium with... We had, you know, Play-Doh and clay and stuff that they could play with at different times. Remember when slime became a big thing? Yes. And I was like, what do you do with that stuff? It just You hold it in your hand and let it drip through your fingers a couple times, and then you go, okay, I'm done with it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what does it do? Yeah. Um, so Other than it, stick it on had... your brother or sister's hair. There you go. Um, Cranium had had four. You could answer fun facts. You could act uh-huh. and hum. You could sketch and sculpt, or you could do a word puzzle. So, oh. um, it's actually a really fun game. And there's so is it like a word game. guess or a phrase guess? And you had to like act it out or something. Yeah. Well, yeah. You it's, or yes. one of those ways. Yes. So you could pick how you were going to describe it to somebody. Yes. And That's so cool. there's a there's a junior version of Cranium called Kadoo, which we also played with our kids. So, huh. yeah, it was fun. Yeah, sounds like it. Sounds like that would be real fun. And I had um, I had seen the game before, but I didn't quite realize what it was, and I kind of, I guess, missed it. So, yeah. So, yeah, pretty cool. Cool. I don't know. I'm sitting here looking at all these children's toys and puzzles and the way that they go together and all these different things. Like the world's smallest building set. They have the world's smallest uh, Lincoln log set. And the Lincoln logs look like each log is maybe the length of the uh, of a single flange on your pinky. These are the tiniest Lincoln logs ever. Like 15 bucks. You could have it tomorrow. Talk about the ease of losing something. Tiny, tiny Lincoln logs. Yeah, I'd have wow. to have glasses on just to see them these days. <laughs> so oh, well. you know, it's 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 interesting. Um, uh, there was an article from CNN back in April, um, so one month into the pandemic, uh, mm-hmm. titled "The Long Lost Hobbies People Around the World Are Revisiting During Coronavirus." Oh, I bet. And my my grandfather had a hobby. He liked trains, so the, he had Ooh. Lionel trains, um, mm-hmm. and he would set them up, and and apparently. Uh, things like that are have come back, and in certain areas, people are starting to um, to tinker like they've not tinkered in a long time. Yeah, 
When I was younger, say, I want to say like 6th, 7th, 8th grade, I had a friend who had a big uh, HO scale train set in his bedroom, and his dad had rigged up this thing. So it was like a piece of plywood that was suspended from the ceiling with these uh, wires, and you could then, you know, unhook the wire and lower it down and play with it and then raise it back up so it was out of the way in the room. And I thought that train set was cool, but his dad had an N-gauge train set. And if you know HO gauge... The engines are maybe eight inches long, and each car is, you know, six to eight inches long, something like that. Uh, maybe six inches long. Six inches long. I mean, they're to scale, obviously, but that roughly that size. The end gauge, they were maybe four inches long, so it was smaller. And I just thought those were the coolest things ever, you know. Although I imagine in reality, um, I would probably have gotten bored with it because, you know, once you've built this beautiful little diorama and got this train going through it and you drive, then, you know, all you can do is sit there and drive the train around and around in circles on the tracks. Or you could buy like, more yeah. stuff and build up your scene. My yeah, grandfather would put true. them out at Christmas, if right. I remember correctly, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, you uh -huh. have a, a scene. What was right. your favorite? Well, and the Line L trains usually are larger than, it, than the HO even, but they're, they're pretty cool. Yeah, you can buy Christmas versions of that to set up around your tree. We had one for a while that used to go around our tree, and you'd mm -hmm. put this like special little oil into the top of it, and it would like little puffs of of steam would come out of the the stack on the train as it went around. Sort of the Christmas train thing. Wasn't right. there a movie like that with Tom Hanks as the Christmas conductor? Oh yeah, it was uh, the Polar, Polar Express. Express. Yeah. So, what was your yeah. favorite toy as a kid? Um favorite toy as a kid i don't know i think my favorite thing that i got for christmas and it was it was a big ordeal involved around it was i was like i think seventh or eighth grade and i got a 10 speed bicycle oh yeah and to me that That's was freedom. like the the thing and exactly it was freedom you know on the we lived on an air force base and it was i don't know maybe half mile three quarters of a mile to walk to the base exchange or to the the uh and when you live on a base, the only store you can go to is the base exchange, and then there was a uh, uh, like a Toyland shop that was a separate facility, and that's where they had models and things that I thought were cool and wanted to see. And both of those were not a mile away, maybe maybe a mile at the most, but it was a long walk. And so having a bike turned that into something I could go and you know check out if something came in, go look and see if there's some new records available because you know back then you had to buy music on plastic discs or on cassettes vinyl um, they were vinyl yeah yeah still got them they're sitting behind me baby got that original vinyl so um, yeah but the bicycle how about you what was your favorite uh christmas present that you can remember well um a christmas present i i can't remember any particular christmas present that i that i really loved um mm-hmm but I, I know when I was really little, uh, the, 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 the toy that I played with the most, we had these little Fisher-Price people. And, like, um, the you know, the Fisher-Price made these little figurines that uh, that went into their little towns. I think they still do. Um, uh -huh. And you could just make up all kinds of stories. So I would play teacher, like school. I would play, you know, uh -huh. health clinic or whatever I was, you know, wanted to do. Um, uh, and that was, or choir. I liked having a the kids you know the people being a choir um and that was really fun that's i like that open creative play right. even back then now were those the people that whose bodies were basically like a little peg 
Yes, the little hard plastic pegs. Right, right, yeah. You know, those were originally wooden, too. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to remember. You, yeah, I, I just don't remember what they... Yeah. They must have been wooden. We, we had some wooden ones and for, for our kids, and, and then they transitioned to plastic shortly thereafter, so they had a mix. So um, they must have been wooden when I was a kid. Yeah. Or maybe I'm thinking, maybe I'm thinking, not for our kids, but for, for when, when I was growing up. You know, because I didn't play with them. I don't think we had them when I was a child. But, but your husband, who's my brother, and and my other siblings, they're all younger than me. And I think they had some that were wooden and some that were plastic. That's probably what I'm remembering. I don't think it was my kids that um, did that. But yeah, yeah, everything's plastic now. Yeah, those were cool because, like you said, you could. They, I think um, that uh, I think Tobin had a farm kit, farm setup with those those little people. Kit. You know, he yeah. had a farmer and a and a tractor, and you could sit them on that and do that. And then um, Haley had like a a little um, like house, you know, like a rural house type thing that she could. So we had a barn and a house, and they had the little people, and so they could play together or they could play separately. They each had their own, you know. They even had a cow. I think there was like a cow and a pig and a sheep that went with that whole set. Yep, I remember that. So those are my favorite. That's what I. Uh, that's what I love. I didn't really do Barbies. I, I, I didn't really do baby dolls. I didn't, you know, that wasn't my thing. Yeah. Um, but I like those people. <laughs> yeah. Play so school it, people set. It is yep. time to call it for today. It's time. It's time. All right. So thank you very much for joining us today. It is Friday the 29th, so we will see you again on Monday, the 1st of February. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you on Monday.